Well, hello again, everybody. Uh, welcome to MastersOfFatLoss.com. I am very honoured and pleased to have with me Craig Valentine, all the way from uh, Canada. How are you, Craig? Very good, thank you. Excellent, my man. Uh, Craig is a uh, one of the top-notch trainers that uh, in the world at the moment. I've followed Craig for a number of years and um, seen his progression and his system turbulence training um, evolve from uh, what it was a few years ago. And without a doubt. It is a system that anyone can benefit from and obviously uh, I'm interviewing Craig because I believe in um, his approach and how he does it and so we're going to talk about his system, turbulencetraining.com and we're also going to um, go on little tangents of nutrition because he's done an awesome uh, visual explanation of uh, diet versus uh, exercise so we'll touch on that as well because there's some YouTube videos people could see and I'll uh, try and upload them to this recording as well because it's just uh, it hits the nail on the head in some aspects so we'll debate that a little bit too and um, Craig rather than me give my, an intro into you I think you'd do a far better job than myself so uh, tell us um, about yourself Craig and uh, what you do where you're from and the rest of it Thank you very much. Uh, so yeah, so I'm from Canada. Toronto is where I live. I help busy men and women lose lose fat with workouts they can do at home. I've been doing this for a long, long time now, over 10 or 11 years now. And basically, I just kind of stumbled upon the approach that I use through a combination of my research and my workout history. And you know, when I first found the way to do really fast workouts, it was because I needed to do really fast workouts because I was stuck in a lab doing some graduate student research and just took everything that I knew. I took the the science, the bodybuilding background that I had, the athlete training background that I had and put that all together into a very short workout and I came up with the turbulence training which is supersets and interval training and a lot of body weight exercises. And again, based on the feedback I got from people, I was working with Men's Health Magazine and showing people how to work out at home. So Again, we took that little aspect and put it into the program as well. So all types of things. I mean, the, the thing I like to get across to people is that there's all types of ways to lose fat. The, the main thing is you should find something that is enjoyable and suits your lifestyle. And with turbulence training, we try to make it very lifestyle friendly. It's very flexible and very few workouts so you can spend your off days uh, you know, in your busy lifestyle because I know that people are too busy to be working out six days per week, and we want to give them alternative to that. I think, uh, Craig, that's an interesting perspective because a lot of people are still in the mindset that they need to do six, seven days, uh, hours of workouts a week. And I mean, I mean, you'd know that there's a time and place for everything. However, most people in today's world can benefit from short interval or short, sharp workouts that raise the metabolic rate from the 20-minute effort of whatever resistance training they've got, for example, turbulence training, body weight stuff, and um, still integrated into their lifestyle, which I think is extremely important. Is, what, what are your thoughts on, on that? Absolutely. What we're trying to do is show people that no matter how little time they have in their life, they can fit in just enough exercise to get the body that they want. Because the, the things we have in our program are the most efficient methods of exercise. And it just shows you how... Um, how much, how, how great the results you can get from a very little amount of training. So the interval training is very short, but it accomplishes the, the job. And the resistance training, that's the most efficient exercise method of all because you really don't need to be going and doing four 
exercises and uh, chest and three sets per exercise. You don't need to be doing that. That's overkill. Maybe if you're on steroids, that's fine, but not for the average person. So we show you a much better approach, the total body workouts, and you can even split the workouts up. So if you only have 20 minutes, six days per week, you can do it that way. Or if you want to do the regular schedule I've set up, you can do three workouts of 30 to 45 minutes. And then, like I said, you have more days off where you need to stay active. I mean, I'm certainly not recommending, you know, you can just sit around all 24 hours on your non-workout days. You need to get up and get moving and doing stuff that we used to do before we got suckered into watching TV and being on the Internet and being in our cars all the time. So staying active is very important. But the bottom line is something that you mentioned earlier in the introduction, and that is that nutrition is the most important thing of all for achieving the goals that we want because it doesn't matter how great your workout is. You just can't overcome McDonald's and pizza. There's too many calories in those foods, and you can overeat so quickly. And that's what I showed in those videos. It's just how many calories you can consume in five to six minutes. And it doesn't matter how fit you are, you can probably maximum burn off 16 to 20 calories per minute. So think about that. A 1,000 calories in a meal at McDonald's would take you at least 50 minutes, at least probably closer to 90 minutes if you're a very fit person, to burn off that number of calories. And most people listening to the call, probably they would be able to max out on a continuous basis about 12 to 14 calories. So you're looking at, like I said, 90 minutes of exercise to burn off a McDonald's meal. And you simply just can't, you can't beat those numbers. You can't come out ahead trying to burn off a bad diet. Yeah, that's a yeah, interesting one because I wanted to discuss that with you because um, I've heard that argument with nutrition versus exercise before, and I never t- until I saw those videos, I never really got it. Like, um, for example, for me, I was thinking, well, no, there's a there's a happy medium and stuff. And then when you showed the examples of pizza and um, what was the other one that Jews were eating? So the Starbucks one that's pretty disturbing because you know one of those large. Frappuccino type Starbucks drinks and a brownie, and you're over a thousand calories in a very short amount of time. Yeah, and I think the difference for me, like I was always of the argument, well, you can kind of, um, if your exercise is intense enough, you can counterbalance the nutrition. So when I saw those videos, because I was like, no, I'm willing to debate this with you, and that when I saw the videos, it just brought back memories of me being in America, because I think that's where it's a little bit. Oh, at this stage, in 2009, where it's a little bit different. Like when I was in America, what um, what people ate, like the pizzas and the Starbucks, that's just, mate, you fellas, oh, you're not there, but I mean, they, they're they eating that like it's normal. That's not quite normal here in New Zealand yet. So that's why I've always debated the nutrition and exercise one, because I was like, well, normal for us is more, is not pizza and KFC and McDonald's yet. So uh, when yeah, I saw certainly. when I saw those videos, I was uh, just made the, the uh, memories that brought back of America of trying to get proper food in America. I thought, well, nah, that's where I see the argument absolutely is when when you're in America or in places like that, it's uh, so much harder to get quality food relative to yeah. say New Zealand, where, where I can go to the supermarket and get relatively okay food compared to the food in um, America. I found anyway, in my opinion. Huge culture difference, definitely. Yeah, so that's why I was always debate. Or I always thought, no, there's an argument for the nutrition versus exercise thing. Um, and then uh, when I saw the videos, I was like, no, there's, there's no argument there. 
I thought I thought it was an absolute fantastic visual way to demonstrate that um, if you live a life of pizza and Starbucks and um, what's that other one I went to in America? Uh, Dunkin' Donuts. I think. Yeah, we we don't have too much of that here in Canada, so uh, we don't have the Dunkin' Donuts. But we have other donut uh, franchises, and and those things you can pack away quite a few of those. I mean, really, another way of looking at it would be imagine trying to eat that many calories in what I call whole natural food. You would just be full. You would be stuffed. You would be, it would be uncomfortable to even eat half that many calories from, you know, fruits, vegetables, and raw nuts. So, you know, that's what we're trying to show people. We're trying to take a complex subject and break it down into simple imagery they can understand and really get, you know, have that aha moment where they go, now I get it. Now I see why I need to stop drinking the sodas and, and drinking the calories, which is probably one of the number one factors in the average Joe, you know, the person who doesn't know anything about fitness and health and nutrition. That's probably, you know, if we take that out, if we get them to stop drinking calories, we could probably get most people to lose 5 to 10 pounds in a month. Man, that's interesting because, I mean, the the culture on this side is heading more and more towards that, like the normal... Um, what people perceive to be normal is heading more into the calories through um, other beverages and stuff, and uh, uh, what do we get? the bagels and all the you know the donut types thing, or the McDonald's breakfast are becoming a bit more normal because on the go, quick stuff. So it, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to put upload the, one of those videos for you on the YouTube because the um, the sprints on the treadmill and the kettlebell workouts and stuff was excellent explanation to that you just can't. There's just no competition, so stop yeah. stop trying to find ways to have better training when you can manipulate, or not even manipulate, when you can take away 10% of calories through less soda and uh, Starbucks. So let's, um, let's touch on resistance. I mean, it's a scratch record for maybe you and I. However, most people, a lot of people are still slowly buying into the concept that um, resistance training makes you big and they don't understand the epoch effect and um, so rather than me rattle on about it um, we might change the tone and um, let's hear your point of view of how um, turbulence training affects epoch and what is epoch for the people that are listening well I sometimes don't even feel that we need to get that uh, complex for people but what basically you know, what started talking about is that we are trying to boost our metabolism after training with exercise. And, and there are some studies that suggest the more intense the exercise, the greater the post-exercise calorie burn. And I, I tend to believe that there is something there, but some other people believe that there isn't. Now, that, all that said, we do know the most important thing is, and in this type of training works to change your body because the you know, it's like driving a car or flying in an airplane. You don't necessarily have to know exactly how it works to use it and benefit from it. So, you know, there's a whole lot of argument, and we can debate that, but, you know, people would rather talk about stuff that, that is results-oriented. So hmm. with the resistance training, it's a huge, huge component of anybody's body transformation because I like to use this imagery in that if, imagine you were sculpting you know, Michelangelo's David or something out of a big chunk of rock, the nutrition is what's going to get rid of the bulk of that excess rock. And you're going to get down to an outline of the sculpture. But it's the resistance training that really sculpts in the detail. You must absolutely have that if you want to have the body that is going to, you know, turn heads and, and make people say, wow, that person looks really fit. So the resistance training is absolutely essential. 
Not to mention that I think that resistance training is under-recognized for its importance in helping health and longevity mm. in terms of the fact that when you're 80 years old, the most important thing in terms of your health or in your performance anyways is your strength levels and your ability to get up and out of bed or off the toilet or to avoid falls. Everything comes down to strength and to be able to act independently for years and years and years. So that's why strength training is so essential. I mean, if all you do is cardiovascular training, and sure, if it helps you maintain your weight, that's fine, but it's not going to sculpt the body that you want because you're not going to get your upper body muscle, and you're not going to develop your abdominals as well as, when, as if you had resistance training. And in the long term, you're not going to be able to function as well as you get older. Yeah, those are excellent points, actually, because those are the sorts of things that I ram home and stuff. So it's good to hear it from someone else because uh, you know, people that I communicate with will be sick and tired of hearing me say it because it's, one, you want to be performance-orientated for longevity, like you said, and health, um, because uh, strength has multiple facets to many things. So And, and um, if you can improve that, it will have a trickle-on effect, is what I always use as a trickle-on effect to other things. So... Um, hopefully people can get the concept, like you've said, that strength training is an important facet to, well, one, your health first, and then after that you've got your fat loss goals in there as well. What, do, um, what Craig, would you, um, I mean, you've mentioned nutrition is probably one of the things that first needs to be tapped into, and then uh, you've got your training after that, so what are the things that, uh, what are the habits that you see that people uh, could change today to make a difference? Great question, and the answer to that is simply who you associate with and who you spend your time with and who you get support from. You know, for many people listening to the call, they're probably thinking that they're all alone. Um, you know, if it's a wife whose husband and kids have no interest in eating healthy, or if it's a young single guy who hangs around other guys and all they want to do is uh, drink beer and, you know, go to the pub and that type of thing, it's very difficult for a lot of people to break out of the behaviors that they're so used to and their friends are, and peers and family are always doing and, you know, trying to get them to be involved with as well. So you have to have what's called social support. And the great thing is there's at least three different ways, proven ways by research, that will help you get more results through social support. And the first one is a study that I came across a long time ago, probably about eight or ten years ago. And the researchers found that if you have a professional that you're accountable to, then you will get, then you will stick to the program more and get more results. So that simply means if you have a trainer, a nutritionist, if you're accountable to your doctor, or even a physiotherapist or chiropractor, if there's someone that you're reporting to on a regular basis, chances are you will be uh, more consistent with your exercise program or diet program, and you'll get healthier and you'll lose fat. So if, if somebody's thinking about getting one of these people in their lives, like a trainer, a nutritionist, definitely I would recommend go for it and do that because it will keep you accountable. Now, the second thing is another research study found that if you work out with someone who's already achieving the goals you want to achieve, then you will have a better chance of achieving success as well. So this is for someone who wants to lose weight and they go to a big commercial gym and they know somebody there who's trying to lose weight and is having success, then what you should do is try and 
you know, construct your schedule so that you can work out with those people. Now, you can simply go so far as being their workout partner, or you could probably even just make sure you're there at the same time. And you're putting yourself in a successful environment. And that's the key. And then the third thing is another research study. This one was from Sweden. It found that the more often some uh, people in the study went to the weight loss website that they had set up, and it was a forum and a club where people could interact and, and get their questions answered, the more often a person went to that website, the better their chance of success. So, again, it's all about checking in, being accountable, uh, modeling good behaviors, asking questions to people who have the answers, who have been there and already gone through the obstacles that you're going through right now and can give you the answers and the solutions to the problems. So those three simple things, you know, online, in the gym, professional, just find some aspect of social support and it will really help you. And then the other thing that I'll say is, there's probably a lot of people out there just like you who are struggling and who are looking for someone to lead them. And so I always tell the people on my site to be as loud and proud as possible of what they're doing. And um, that simply means, you know, not being embarrassed or ashamed when you go to the, a restaurant with workmates and you're the one who orders the salad. You should be proud of that. You should be saying, you know what, I, I feel really good when I eat this salad. I don't want to go back to work and, you know, be falling asleep at 2 o'clock because I know that's going to happen to you guys who are eating the fries and soda. And, and you know what, you guys can have that. I'm not going to preach to you, but, you know what, don't give me a hard time because I'm very proud of what I'm eating here and I know how great I'm going to feel. And I bet you if you go out to lunch with, you know, five, six, ten workmates, there's probably one, two, three, maybe four people who are sitting there saying, I wish I could be that strong. And that person's inspiring me, and now I'm going to be that person and do what they're doing because if they can do it, I can do it too, and, and I really appreciate the fact that they're doing that. So the more you do that, the more you'll attract other people into, into your life who are also trying to achieve, and you're going to have success. I mean, it's not going to be easy at first. You know, it's not, don't get me wrong. It's not going to be you know, a walk in the park, but that's the best way to do it. My mom and I... Um... <laughs> I couldn't. I think what you've touched on is, is, um, is to me, the, you know, like hearing it back at me is one of the number one things because I may say it and that, but my life may not represent that in other in all aspects. And I mean, if I spin my own story a little bit, the um, I was just having a discussion with another guy saying that I might join their gym because it's a strongman powerlifting gym. Not that I want to become a powerlifter, but purely because I'm always the coach in my own studio, so and I'm the strong one and stuff, where I want to go back to being the student. I want to be last, you know, last working my way up to the top. And for me to aspire to that, I need to surround myself, exactly what you said, social support with other people that you know, lift double what I can lift because they live powerlifting yeah, absolutely. and strong. I mean, anyone who's listening to this that ever played sports when they were younger, if they ever had the opportunity to, you know, if they were on the under-14 team, if they ever had the opportunity to play the under-15 team, you might have lost a, a, a mediocre team in your age group, but when you play against people that are older, it brings out the best in you, and so that's what we're, we're really looking for here. Yeah, I think what that is just the, the million-dollar um, answer there, Craig, thank you, because I, mean, I just spoke with... Uh, Dax and um, you know we're talking about attraction and mindset and all of that sort of stuff and this is really practical steps 
to get what you want, to attract stuff that you want. You know, you want to go to find someone that you can be accountable to, whether that be a professional of some nature, you can have a workout buddy, um, and then you can create, find an environment that has a, a tribe or, you know, if I use our culture or Māori culture, it's a whānau aspect where everyone's nurturing because everyone's trying to aspire to be that little bit more. And I think, um, and, and I love your, I love your explanation that you say, um, you know, be loud and proud as possible. I think, uh, I think that's really good. Cause in a Kiwi culture, we're, we're a bit introvert type, so we don't say things out loud like that. And I quite like that, you know, be loud and proud. You don't need to preach to the, everybody about it, but just be loud and proud about what you're trying to achieve. And I think exactly what you said. 90% of people will in their head think they wish they could do it. I think that, Absolutely. that is a, that is a really really Sorry. powerful. That actually, if you think have that thought process, ninety percent of the people around me that are watching wish that they could do it, but they obviously tell themselves that they can't. Absolutely, I mean, people just need a little a little push in the right direction. Yeah. So anyone listening to this, I'm, I'm going to re uh, recite it again. Um, Craig's uh, answer is social support, professional uh, accountability, find a workout buddy and find a tribe that is, uh, or a group of people that are in an environment that they uh, have or striving to get what you want. I think those sorts of things, um, they they come, like you said, before workouts, as in what kind of workout you're doing and that sort of stuff. You'll learn that along the way. So, Craig, um, with uh, fat loss, I mean, now we've got our social support uh, network, or we we understand the concept anyway intellectually about it. So we've uh, let's just imagine uh, Spider Hunter's gone into his uh, found a new group of people, and he's training and stuff. And um, I decided now that I want to ramp things up. What nutritionally, if we were to you know, nut out a top three, what nutritionally would you suggest for me in order to um, get a return on in my investment? What would you suggest that I that I do? Well, if somebody wants to lose fat, here's what I always tell them to do. First of all, they need to find out what they're eating now because most people don't have any clue how many calories they're eating and they need to figure that out and they need to write everything down they eat and they can't do it by memory because most people are either lying to themselves accidentally or they're, you know, they're just not being accurate with the number of calories they take in. So, Write everything down, every single thing that goes into your mouth for three days. Go to a website like fitday.com, enter the information in there, find out exactly how many calories you're taking in on average, and then take a look at your results and see, am I, gain, am I still gaining weight, am I losing weight, or am I staying the same? If you're gaining weight, then you're really going to have to bring the calories down. If you're not losing weight, then you simply know that that's how many calories you need to stay at that level. Now, the next thing we do is we increase the quality of food. So before we even think of cutting the calories, we make sure that we're eating the right quality of food. So more fruits and vegetables. Most people are not anywhere near what they should be eating for fruits and vegetables. And then we substitute out some of the carbohydrate for raw nuts. So one research study I came across found that, you know, if you if you had someone on a diet and they were eating you know, maybe 800 calories from complex carbohydrates. If you took out 200 of those calories from complex carbohydrates and you put in 200 calories of almonds, it actually helped them lose more weight, even though they were on a a diet already that they should have been losing weight. Because the researchers thought that, you know, maybe the extra fiber, the specific fiber 
in the almonds help them eat less at other meals. So people always get a little concerned when they are told to eat nuts because they know that there's fat in the nuts and they know that they're a little higher calorie. But because you can't really eat that many of them, then you're able to keep your calories down and even at other meals. So uh, changing your diet to have more fruits, vegetables, and raw nuts, you know, those are the main whole natural foods I talked about. I like to see people improve that. So now they've improved the quality of their diet, and even without trying to decrease their calorie intake, they're probably down from what they originally were eating. Mm-hmm. And then we take another look and we see, well, are you gaining weight? Are you losing weight? Are you staying the same at this uh, level of nutrition? And if you're still staying the same, then we start going and decreasing 10 to 20% in calories. Wow. I like the uh, almonds example because it's uh, you've given a great explanation to the almonds and stuff. So that, uh, I mean, that, that's... First and foremost, as you said, writing it down because I, I like how you said that um, uh, people have a what was it something about lying? You said that they accidentally lie. Well, they yeah, I mean you know they're not you know they forget the cookie they ate after <laughs> work before dinner or you know they the handful of pretzels or you know maybe they didn't count as many handfuls of uh, pretzels that they had out of the bag or something like that. They weren't as honest or they didn't. You know, they they said, you know, I had a little bit of um, mashed potatoes, but really it was a, a large serving. And they're either, you know, suppressing that or they're just, you know, they're just not, I wouldn't say they're lying to me, like, on purpose, but they're they're just not accurate in how many calories they're taking in. And that's probably the biggest thing. I mean, when I get people to, you know, when I ask them again to explain and be in more detail to nutrition, that's when all of a sudden, oh, I forgot to mention I... I ate this as well. And then that's where you just say, well, you're eating too much. And, and it's mindless snacking generally that gets most people. So have you found at a specific time that there's mindless snacking going on or or a reason? I mean, the, the reasons could be all sorts. But have you got, um, in your experience, have you found that there's a general trend for the reason why that they're doing mindless snacking? Well, most people are doing it after work and then after dinner. So... Most people are perfect from, you know, from breakfast to 3 p.m. You know, they, their breakfast and their lunch, no problem. They've, they've done the salads and chicken or whatever they wanted for lunch. They did a perfect breakfast. They did a good morning snack. And then all of a sudden in the afternoon, especially when they get home from work, and especially for people that have kids, I mean, it is, it is, there are going to be more temptations. If you have kids, that means you probably have more snacks and treats around the house. But you just have to mentally prepare yourself for for that and have other snacks in place. So I've always been a picky eater, but um, over the years I just get better and better and better because I always make sure I'm trying new stuff. And so, you know, good afternoon snacks now might be some of the raw nuts, might be um, an apple, might be vegetables and hummus. I mean, all types of stuff like that. You have to have that in place so you don't go home and you're you're hungry but you're you probably you could easily survive until dinner time, but most people just give themselves the excuse to, to snack. So they must come up with what I call uh, solutions to every obstacle. And every time we identify an obstacle, like, you know, I eat mindlessly while watching Oprah after work, then I make sure you have at least two solutions so that you o- overcome that obstacle. And so your solutions would be make sure I have uh, cut up vegetables, and hummus at home so I can snack on that or make sure I have a giant salad 
you know, I make a giant salad every day so that there's salad in the fridge and I can snack on that because most people are just want something to do with your hands and, you know, putting food in your mouth is one thing to do with your hands. So there's that type of mindless snacking and then there's the after dinner, which is the exact same thing and you just have to have better routines. People need to keep busy. You know, sitting in front of the TV is going to be tough. You know, if that's all you're doing, it's going to be tough to keep your mind off food, you know, because you're seeing so many commercials and and you're sitting there with nothing to do with your hands. Again, really, you need to come up with something else. You need to be busy, have a hobby. You need to be out of the house. You need to be maybe going for a walk. You, if you don't need the calories, you've got to find something else to do. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So... <clears throat> Excuse me. So we've got um, we've touched on a number of things. We've got uh, nutrition versus exercise. We've got resistance training, um, and we've got that um, integrating it into your lifestyle, um, and that. And we've got our social support network, and we've got nutrition and writing stuff down so we don't uh, accidentally lie to ourselves or to other people, um, which I think is an interesting point because as soon as you start to write stuff down. Uh, your level of truth increases. Do, do you find that because people once they st- or unless they purposely miss it out because they're embarrassed to put what they had down. Um, and I always use the term. I always say to people, you know, I don't care what you eat. All I care about is if you write it down or not. And that and so that just lets them know that I'm not about to judge them for what they eat. All I'm after is a habit of recording what they consume. So Craig. Um, <coughs> What uh, anything else that you can uh, think of that uh, people to increase people's fat loss IQ here? Like, if, is there anything else that you can think of that would support them, um, or you know, or even ease their mind? Because a lot of people may get this information and stuff. Because I'm big on um, increasing your IQ in whatever aspect, and then they become over. Um, overwhelmed with it and then they end up doing nothing so what would you suggest to somebody that's listening into this what would you suggest they go away and make happen because at the end of the day us talking about it them listening to it doesn't make you any fitter or stronger or leaner you need to take some form of action so what action would you suggest to the listeners what what would you suggest to them that's a good question so the I like to tell people to go through a two-week nutrition education intensive program. And that simply means to find out as much as you can about the foods that you're eating for the next two weeks. So that means not going so far as weighing your foods. I don't think you have to do that. But, you know, make sure you read everything on the labels of the foods that you're eating, even though you shouldn't be eating too many foods with labels on in the first place. But using Fitbit, find out how many calories are in pieces of fruit, in the meats that you eat, in the breads, the melts, whatever, the more you know, the better off you're going to be. And you should be able to find out almost everything you need to know in two weeks. And then for the rest of your life, you can just eyeball things. You'll know, okay, giant apple, that's probably about 80 calories, maybe 100 calories. So if I'm going to eat that, that's 100 calories. I know that that's contributing 100 calories to my daily intake. That piece of bread, I know that it's 75 calories. So I don't ever have to guess anymore. And if I go to a restaurant, I can do the same sort of thing. So you go through that nutrition education. Two weeks, hardcore, learn everything you can, and then you never have to be, you know, weighing foods for the rest of your life. Now, the other thing is to treat this as an experiment, as a learning experience, so that you record everything that you eat and every workout so you know what works for you. And you never stop doing this. And it really shouldn't take uh, too long. 
But the most important thing for nutrition is that people have to connect what they eat with how they feel. Mm. And most people never do this. But if you go out and you eat a big lunch, and again, this is, you know, might be a little foreign to some of the people listening down in your part of the world, but in America, people go out for big lunches and then they go back to the office and they fall asleep in the chairs practically because of what they ate. And so people have to make that connection. And so write down what you ate and have a column, how did I feel? And then write that for the next hour. And then you'll start to realize, oh, if I eat a big salad, chicken for lunch, I have a great afternoon. I have mental energy. I'm good. Or if I go to Starbucks in the morning and I get, you know, a a muffin and a giant coffee, I feel really energetic for 30 minutes. And then the next two hours, I feel like crap. My stomach feels bad. You know, my head starts to hurt. I, you know, I'm crashing. I'm tired. This is terrible. It's because of what you ate. So you have to figure that stuff out. And same with the workouts. you got to figure out what workout is working for you. And then if you keep track of this stuff, if you ever get to a point, you know, you're going to have success right away. And But if you ever get to a point where your results are not coming as fast, you can go back into your notes and say, oh, well, this month I lost 10 pounds because I wasn't eating this and I was doing this type of workout. And, and now my workouts are totally different. So I'm going to go back to that type of workout and I'm going to eliminate that food again. And pow, you're going to get results. So people, the more you can record and make yourself your own little science experiment, I mean, you're going to be set for life. You're, you're going to get to the point, I always tell people this, the more you know, you're going to get to a point where it would be impossible for you to ever be overweight again. And I think that you should you should be able to understand this in that, you know, if it would be really, really hard for you to get overweight. I mean, you would have to abandon everything that you know and stop exercising, but Exercise is a part of your life. You enjoy good food. And for you, for me to tell you, okay, what I want you to do is go put on 50 pounds of fat, I mean, would you would you be able to, to do that? No way. No. You, you, no way. You, you would not allow yourself to do that because of what you know, because of how you, how you know you feel. And that's, that's the one last thing I'll say is that most people who are overweight and eating bad food don't know what it's like to feel good. Mm, that's that's actually really really powerful. Actually, connecting your feeling with food, because um, yeah, and 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 people that are overweight don't know what it's like to feel good. That's exactly it. I think you've summed it up extremely extremely well, uh, Craig. And to anyone listening, uh, hopefully um, you're going to re um, listen to this. I was going to say rewatch it, re uh, listen to this, and take some notes as I have because um, the. <laughs> The thing with it, Craig, to me, has just illustrated a lot of complexity into simplicity stuff here. Like, I think you've illustrated it uh, far better than how I could say it because I still tend to be on the complex side. So, people listening, uh, hopefully you can take some form of action in the social support, writing down your nutrition, uh, treat it as a learning experiment, connect it with feeling on how you what you're consuming and stuff because Craig has just demonstrated how easy it can be um, on very on an overwhelming subject, really. So, Craig, I know you've got to run, um, brother. So, firstly, I'd like to thank you very, very much for your time. I really, really appreciate it, my man. And um, 
Anyone who would like to learn more about Craig can go to turbulencetraining.com and that is T-U-R-B-U-L-E-N-C-E training.com and you'll be able to see his program that he works and his whole community there. Highly suggested, his principles are right up my alley and stuff, which is I've always been a fan of Craig. So um, Craig, my man, any other references or any other websites you'd like to shoot out to anybody listening? No, that was good. I think we got everything there. Well, I think we've uh, got everything there, but in a way that people can buy into so they don't walk away thinking, man, it's too heavy for me or too hard. So thank you for that. That actually just says you're a true master in my mind because you made it so simple and so easy to buy into. Um, so again, Craig, thank you very, very much, my man. And uh, Thank you. My pleasure, <clears throat> and for everyone listening, hopefully you'll take some action from this and make it all happen. Thank you very much, Craig. All right. Okay, brother. Talk to you soon. No worries, bro. Thank you kindly, my man. All right. See you, bro. Spider Hunter here again of mastersoffatless.com. I have a very, very special opportunity for you right now. If you would like to get my free video that reveals my number one secret for you achieving your fitness, your fat loss, your strength, your flexibility goals, in the comfort of your very own home, without any gym membership, without any equipment, then you need to go to recessionworkouts.com right now to get my number one secret video. I hope to see you there. Thank you so much for listening. At recessionworkouts.com.